Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Standard Room Only Podcast. I'm your host, Ben Standig. I cover the Washington Commanders for The Athletic. Uh, I am back home in the DMV. I was, of course, in New Jersey for today's game. Took the train back. Um, my <laughs> the, uh, the, the, the feeling of bewilderment that I had watching that game and following it uh, ha- has uh, dissipated a little bit after the train ride back. But I am here now to help explain that I feel your pain after a ugly, ugly loss by the Washington Commanders. 14-7 does not begin to explain how ugly that was, particularly in the first half, and how Washington was just unable to generate anything consistent, really, any, especially on offense, but um, the defense had plenty of struggles in the first half as well. I'm going to share some thoughts on that uh, with you, and as well as, uh, quick update on the trade deadline, which is on October 31st. I'll have a story up in the morning, meaning Monday morning on The Athletic. My uh, look at the game along with what does this, any of this mean for the trade deadline? Talk to some people around the league uh, so you can check that out. Uh, as a reminder, subscribe to the podcast if you have a moment. I appreciate it. Um, iTunes or wherever you do your podcasting. Of course, subscribe to The Athletic as well. Follow me on Twitter at Ben Standig. (sighs) Look, you know, uh, for those who didn't, I I didn't end up doing a late week podcast, but I was on with Kevin Sheehan, of course, on the Team 980. I'm on there every Monday and Friday at noon. And, uh, you know, we went through the whole scenario, you know, the game and and, what do I think is going to happen and all these things. And Kevin always asked for a prediction. And, my prediction was Giants 20 to 17. And I was like, look, I really don't think on the surface this should be a game Washington loses. Putting aside the division rival aspect of it, which, as we know, it's when they say throw the record at the books, there's something to that. And Washington historically has had issues with the Giants, especially up, it, up there. Um, that said, the part of the reason why I just didn't completely buy Washington winning was. Their inability to take positive momentum and keep it for any duration of time. We have not seen that uh, from this group, and it happens over and over and over again. I mean, just in the last month, well, the last five weeks, all right? Well, actually, let's just go through this whole season. They start the year off 2-0. and not, not that the wins over the Cardinals and, and Broncos were particularly impressive, but, you know, they were wins, and they found ways to win. The defense was imposing enough that it looked like things could be moving in the right direction, and Sam Howell was promising. And then they get absolutely demolished by the Bills. Okay, we can maybe write that off as the Bills are super good, especially when the next week they take the Eagles to overtime. 
but then they lose 40 to 20 at home to the Bears team that had lost 14 in a row. They eke out a win at Atlanta, but then come then go then go to New York and throw up a dud against a team that was one and five, had been completely help hapless on uh, offense, and here we are again. They're now three and four, and. You know, Ron Rivera was asked after the game, does he feel like things are slipping away? And he said no. He said, you know, it's all about how you respond to the next game. He thinks that's most important. And besides, there's 10 games left. I I just cannot sit here in good conscience and tell you guys that that makes any sense to me anymore. I mean, it it really hasn't. Again, the Bears game, I think, kind of broke me. (laughs) <laughs> to be honest, in terms of like covering this team, it was fun covering it early, you know, earlier in the season. Uh, hey, you know, obviously the ownership sale meant a lot for everybody, right? It turned the page for us as reporters. It certainly did for the fan base, most most importantly. Um, and I think everybody realistically understood it would take time to turn this thing around. But just because Josh Harris bought the team doesn't erase you know, existing problems, doesn't change the roster, all these kinds of things. But at least, okay, they start 2-0. There seemed to be some positive momentum. I mean, like, for example, for me was writing the story I wrote on on Nick Gates about just how he's such a unique character and, and what he means, you know, for this offensive line with his intensity, things like that. That was a fun story to write. But then when they lost the Bears game, it became, oh, no. This is going to happen again, right? They're just going to be back in the middle, no consistency, and that's all we've seen now since. And so that's why, like, I, I just, I, and look, I get from your guys' perspective, you know, it's been a lot. You know, I, as you, many of you know, you know, I grew up a fan of this team. I, I was a, a, an, a fan up to the point that I started doing this for work, so, like, early in the 2000s, I also you know, bailed on Dan Snyder pretty early because I could kind of see where things were going, at least from a football perspective. But this is brutal. Uh, today was really just an abysmal, an abysmal performance. And again, I understand that it's not. Um, I mean, 14-7 doesn't sound so bad. <laughs> um. But it was awful. I mean, the net yards at halftime was 256 to 46. Now, you might hear that number and think, well, the 46, that's insane. The Commanders, I I believe, did not have a drive going over four plays until the 10th possession of the game. They they were starting after the first possession of the Atlanta game. They had failed to convert 19 third-down conversions in a row until Terry McLaurin caught a deep shot in this game, they finished 1 of 15. They gave up six sacks to a team that had five when the week began. The Giants had five in the first half, and honestly, the six sacks they got felt worse than the Bills' nine because they were just... Sam Howell, yeah, he's still holding on the ball a bit much, whatever, but like this was like he didn't even have time to necessarily hold the ball too long because they were all all over him but what for me is and this kind of leads into the trade deadline is that I I don't know how the organization can sit there with a straight face and just keep saying 
we'll, we're, we're, you know, we, we gotta, we gotta work things out. We gotta figure th- some things out. It, then, you know, as Rivera said, the next game, you know, as if there's a magic elixir around the corner, I, I just can't see it. There's too many issues that continue to happen. And, you know, again, when you lose to the bears and the giants, teams that had to combine one win at the point that Washington played them, it's hard to take you seriously as a team. I mean, look, Washington has some talented players. We understand this. We know that Ron Rivera's teams here have figured out a way to have a midseason surge, to, you know, to get sort of back in the mix. And even at three and a four, at three and four, it's not like they're, it's impossible for them to turn this thing around. Granted, Philly is up next at, at FedEx, then road games against the Patriots and Seahawks. So, it's, you know, it, it, the schedule is only going to get more t- challenging from here. But this is year four, and it's just under Rivera, and it's just hard to say, you know what, better days ahead, be patient. It's not going to be too much, you know, hang in there. I I don't know what to tell you. And that's why, like, my story, again, I don't want to step on it too much, but basically it was like, look, the command, you know, I've, you've heard me talk about for months, going back to last year at least, about how at some point they're going to have to make some decisions on the defensive line that realistically you cannot afford to pay all four of these guys. You know who I mean, the main four guys on the line. You can't afford to give them all second contracts um, p- purely from an overall asset allocation, but also when you're not positive what's going to happen at quarterback. And even though Sam Howell's been promising and uh, you know he just didn't get a lot of help today and you know he made some mistakes as well through a, a tough interception and you know missed some other throws, how can we get a good read on him at this point because of, of what else is happening? Um, I, I just don't see how, though, they can continue to, to, to play play out the short term when the long term is where ultimately I think their resources, their thoughts need to go. Um, and that's why they got to figure out, I think. And then, you know, there's no more waiting game. Technically, yes, the offseason is, is where the the line of demarcation in terms of where they actually have to make some choices, but they need to make some choices now. That's not the same as saying they need to make a trade now. It's to say they cannot be just sitting there going, eh, let's, uh, you know, we'll figure this out. Obviously they'll do their basic due diligence, but I'm talking more than that. And, and today was such a dud that I, I you know, I, I think some legit action needs to be taken, whether that's um, making a trade before the October 31st deadline or lineup changes. I, I'm not. I, I I don't see firings happening. I, I know some of you are probably thinking, why not? I, I just think that's you know, the, it, it isn't just as simple as saying you're fired. The next person takes over. You know, I, I, it's just it's just too complicated. I think in that regard, and I don't see that occurring. Um, for what it's worth, Josh Harris and some of the other owners were at the game today. Did not see Magic Johnson. Uh, but he tweeted today and mentioned that seven points, kind of tough to win when you only get seven points. He's not wrong. He's not wrong. <sighs> you know, I mentioned the offense because this is really where it started, right? The defense was brutal in the first half. The Giants had not scored a touchdown in the first half of a game this year, an offensive touchdown at least. And then they scored two. Tyrod Taylor played. Daniel Jones was out. Daniel Jones, usually the the, the commander's killer or the Washington killer, um, didn't play. When he beats Washington, it's with his legs. When Tyrod Taylor did it, it was with his arm. Uh, he hit uh, seven passes of at least 20 yards. It was one for a 43-yarder. Uh, Emmanuel Forbes didn't play a ton. I 
I guess I'm associating splash plays defensively against with uh, Forbes. He played on the first drive. I'm not sure how much I saw him after that, but Washington still gave up at least seven passes of 20 yards um, to this Giants team. And, you know, kind of was a, they were getting attacked everywhere. Um, but my my point is to say that that the as bad as the defense was, at least they, you know, sort of found a rhythm at 14 points allowed. You know, obviously that's not a bad way to go. You'll take that every week. 14 points in this league, you should be able to to win. But the offense was just so under pressure, literally from the Giants. You know, New York defensive coordinator Wink Martindale is known for his blitzing. Well, he blitzed a lot. I haven't seen any of the official numbers yet, but there was constant pressure coming. And Washington in the first half seemed to still, for the most part, be going with, you know, the basic five five linemen, maybe one tight end stayed in, um, but the Giants would send just more. And they didn't, even if Washington kept in seven, a, a tight end and a running back, it still didn't matter. In the second half, it got a little bit better because they were rolling Sam Howell out more, something it feels like they should have been doing more, not just in this game, but more this season, taking advantage of his legs, get him out of the pocket because mm-hmm. he's been a sitting duck back there. Um, the Giants were doing a bit more of this with Tyrod Taylor, but also I think what the Giants were doing, and it's something Washington just never really quite figured out, was take when you see when you when you see the other team has got a man-to-man situation, especially if they're sending some pass rushers, take advantage of that and 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 send the ball down the field. I, I think we thought we would see more of that this week with Washington. Um, you know, as we've talked a lot about getting Jahan Dodson more involved. He was a little bit more involved, um, but, you know, only to a certain degree. He also was targeted on the last fourth down. The Washington had the ball fourth and five at the Giants seven. Uh, Sam Howell couldn't even set at all before uh, looking down the field, but he, but he did roll out and had Dodson uh, in the end zone. The throw was a little behind him, but it was catchable. Dodson couldn't reel it in, and, and he admitted, or he said after the game, you know, he can make that play with his eyes closed, um, and but couldn't couldn't get this one in, and, and he said it hurt, and he wanted to actually let the pain sit there for a while to, to get better, um, so he could, you know, get better um, from the experience. Um, that said, Washington just didn't get, uh, didn't make those adjustments until... You know, frankly, it was too late. I mean, again, a, a one-score game doesn't feel like it's ever too late. But you know, again, the, the Giants. I mean, look, the Giants were trying to give the way, give the game away multiple times. Saquon Barkley fumbled deep inside Washington territory. Uh, the, you know, the Giants had plenty of their own miscues. They also Washington's lone touchdown on a Brian Robinson run came when the Giants uh, uh, muffed the punt. So there was a lot going there that the Giants. We're not uh, helping their own cause, but Washington was uh, p- was botching things a bit more. Um, I, I wanted to play a little bit. Uh, I, I thought Terry McLaurin had some good things to say. By the way, if you haven't heard the Jonathan Allen rant um, post game, he really went off uh, a lot of expletives, a lot of bleeps uh, in what he had to say. You can find that on social media. Um, I tweeted out a link to it. JP Finley from NBC. Uh, four had it uh, as well, uh, and uh, yeah, it was quite the deal. Terry McLaurin 
was, of course, far more diplomatic. But I thought he had some really interesting things to say about what he's seeing that maybe others with the offense are not. Here's Terry McLaurin after the game. Like better next week in uh, finish four quarters. There's obviously frustration with just losing, but when you're one week positive, next week goes backwards. Yeah. How, how frustrating is that when it's just week after week it's sustained? Yeah, it's hard to uh, get a consistent flow going when you, you know you're you're back and forth. You take two steps forward, you know, one step forward, two steps back. Um, you know, you don't handle things the right way um, in the game, and then you you look up and you know you're just teeter tottering. And uh, as the season goes on, we're, we're approaching about the halfway point, so we have to uh, be able to turn the corner and, and not making the same mistakes, staying ahead of the, uh, the sticks, um, not hurting ourselves with penalties, um, finishing drives with touchdowns, starting faster, finishing better. You know, so um, the teams who are going to make those playoff push as the season go along are the teams that figure that stuff out. When you guys don't use, like you said, the, the slow start at the time. So when, yeah. When, when that starts to happen, do these guys start pressing a little bit? Or, or, yeah, or I, I, I don't think that's a, a, a bad um, a bad take. You know what I mean? I think everybody's trying to make a play. You know, whether you're an offensive lineman, running back, quarterback, receiver, tight end, they're trying to make a play to kind of get the ball rolling. And a lot of times you just got to continue to uh, um, try to execute at a, at a high level, which I don't think we're doing. And it's hard to do that when, um, like I said, we're getting negative plays. Um, we're hurting ourselves. We're not making contested catches. Um, so if you if you want a chance to even try to have a rhythm, you got to make the routine plays. You have to be able to um, execute at a higher level because then you're shooting yourself in the foot. It's hard to play against yourself and the opponent. So you got to give them credit. They came out extremely aggressive. We knew that, um, but uh, we didn't execute well enough in the first half to exploit that kind of uh, defense that they were throwing at us. And uh, second half, we were a lot better, but it's um, it's hard to play to play catch up. Um, you know, contested catches, making plays down the field, um, just continue to try to be on the same page with Sam so we can get those kind of looks. I trust myself winning down the field. I think that's the strength of my game. I'm constantly, you know, trying to work with EB and uh, Bobby and, and our offensive staff to just continue to give me those chances down the field because <clears throat> I think go routes and fades are extremely pivotal in the offense, especially, um, you know, when they're blitzing like that. It, it doesn't. It gives you an opportunity to make plays down the field. And um, a lot of those go routes, we got guys from me, Deami, Curtis, Jahan, uh, Pringle. We got guys who can really win down the field. And I think that really allows the offensive line to not have to hold up as long because fades are usually, fades are those one, two, three balls up. You know what I mean? So it's hard for a D-line to get that pressure. But um, it was a big play for us at that time. I feel like it kind of came a little late, but it gave us some momentum. And, um, you know, my teammates always, uh, you know, ask me, we need a play from you, we need a play from you. I'm just trying to be ready when my number's called to make that play. And I think it was big in that moment. But I would definitely like to see us to continue to, to get those up early because I think it really forces defenses to play more honest. They can't blitz and, and play. The, the safeties are at 10, 12 yards. They can't do that if you're beating them down the field. So I think we saw that as the reason in the second half they started softening up a little bit because we were getting behind them. So, so there's uh, Terry McLaurin um, on what he saw or what he didn't see the team do enough of. Uh, you know, were there some good things in this game? I don't know. I get. I mean, Tress Way had a you know really good game punting, but you know you know he punted an insane amount of times. Chase Young had his first two sack game of his career. He also had three tackles for loss. Montez Sweat um, also uh, you know did, did a couple of good things. 
Um, Chris Rodriguez had some really tough runs uh, in a good way. I mean, um, so so good on him for that. He also played ahead. Well, I don't know. I shouldn't say played ahead, but he w- was more involved in the offense than Antonio Gibson, which is you know when we're talking about the trade deadline, another one of those things. You got to wonder what's going on with 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 that. Is that is that a sign of a willingness to make potentially make Gibson available, or is it just a matter of what they thought they needed to do? In that moment, bottom line is nothing really got going. Um, the commanders were, you know, digging themselves in the holes they could not get out of. It, it was incredibly frustrating to watch. You know, I, I again, I, I, I the, my emotions are, are not where they were when I was a fan, but I know, you know, I, I have people in my life who care about this team who, who send me messages during the game and, and talking to me. Later, and of course, many of you are on Twitter hitting me up and, um, you know, leaving comments in the stories, and I appreciate all that. By the way, David Aldridge wrote a story. If you haven't read it yet, um, you can check that out. His his point was, hey, instead of maybe talking about Sam Howell's development, why don't we talk about the other 52 players on the team and how they need to step up and, and help Howell as well. Um, I, I, you know, I look, if they go out and, play Philadelphia tough this week, beat the Eagles somehow, which, you know, look, it almost beat them last game. It's a division rival, all that stuff. Although the Eagles had, and the Eagles had a, a good win tonight against Miami. Then anything's possible. You know, who knows? This is the NFL. Anything is possible in any given week. But at some point, you've got to be more than just a week-to-week team. You've got to be the team that dictates the terms of the game and even though washington doesn't have a lot of areas you can look at and say wow that that part's really good you know they have the line that should be imposing enough it wasn't today even against a giants team that was starting i don't know maybe one of their regular starters um, missing a ton of guys on the on their offensive line i think at least their top three tackles were out maybe top four were, were, were out they were a mess and yet even though Chase Young and Montez what did some good had some good things, it was not particularly a, a robust effort uh, from them. Again, the Giants only scored 14 points, but you got to take the game over at some point, or at a minimum, you just cannot let the let a team like the Giants start strong and not and, and not close them out. Um, by the way, just uh, on, on the injury front, uh, Cody Barton left the game with an ankle injury. Saw him in the locker room. Uh, with a, a walking boot on his foot. We'll see what that means later on. Quan Martin left the game briefly to get uh, checked for a concussion. He was ruled to be okay. He got off to a really good start with a um, a pass deflection on the first series. He had a huge hit on a punt return coverage that forced a fumble that New York uh, kept. That was a play he got not he got dinged and went out for for a bit. Um, and uh, I saw Deron Payne, you know, at the end of the game, Payne was down, and, and that led to a final runoff of the clock. Uh, but I saw Payne walking around, so if he was hurt, I didn't get any sense that it was of anything of particular note there. <sighs> what else can I tell you? Uh, Ron Rivera will talk on Monday. We'll get a feel from him about perhaps some of these injuries. What did he see on TV? By the way, I should mention... On the touchdown pass to Darren Waller, um, Washington 
had stopped the Giants. It was around, give, give or take the five-yard line, maybe a little bit inside. And it was fourth down from there. And But there was a penalty on the Giants. Washington chose to accept the penalty, move New York back 10 yards to the 15, third and 15, and, and Taylor throws a touchdown to Waller. I, I can't sit here and say that it was like the definitively the wrong call from the head coach, but I think you can say that is this another thing that they ultimately made, I guess, the wrong choice on, even though I'm saying I, I don't know if I have much I can – it's it's tough to say. You give the Giants the ball, you know, five yards from the goal line with one play. Are they going to go for it or not? Um, but you know, they, they, they just Jamie Davis looked like he was in coverage on that play. He struggled in in coverage. By the way, Joey Sly had a field goal blocked. It would have been made it fourteen to ten, but Washington uh, chose for the field goal instead of going for it on fourth down. The the block field goal happens. It was that type of day for Washington, but unfortunately, it's been that type of season for them where. When things go wrong, they go really sideways. And until they can snap out of that, I don't know where this thing is going other than uh, to sending everybody uh, into utter sheer frustration. Again, trade deadline coming up on October 31st. I've got a story up Monday morning about some things that uh, I have heard um, and kind of what I think maybe should take place. You can check that out uh, when you hear this. for now, we'll have more podcasts this week, I promise. But for now, I'm going to call this one a night, go to bed, and try to get get situated tomorrow and see what possibly the Commanders can do um, in the near future that can help this team now and going forward. That is it for now, though. Ben Standick signing off. Until next time. See ya.